welcome to this episode of the Builder Podcast. Thanks for joining us as we talk about making new products and companies with our talented friends and special guests. I'm Luke Rabin. And I'm Brandon Lewis, and we're the co-founders of Builder, and we're glad you're here. I feel like I've found this with you know some of the people that are executives or whatever I've talked to or past executives or investors, like that level of expectation that like there's never gonna be any, you know, errors made. And it's hmm. just like, you know, like if it's by nature if you're doing something truly innovative, there's gonna be risk involved. Um, but like it's not the fact that again you've necessarily pivoted. It's just you're kind of navigating as you go. You're just learning. It's you know, it's uncharted territory. So there's yeah. you're gonna turn. Right. Yeah. You're going to find um, in going down one direction, you're going to gather enough information, enough insights to the point where you're mm-hmm. like, all right, it looks like everything's pointing in this direction. We're still going down this other direction. I mean, I could keep my head down and continue down this one path. <laughs> um, and that's where you see the pride of somebody come in into play, and they don't have other people to say, no, no, seriously, though, like every, right. everything is pointing over here. Should we consider that? I, right. think, I really think we should. Right. And it's not a bad thing. Right. It's just responding to what you're learning. It's insight. It's new data. It's and it's good. like a straw man, too. Like, there's just existence in the startup world that, like, I don't know why you always see the, you know, the pictures, too, where, like, there's this straight line, and then there's just this like, curvy line. I was like, I don't know anything in, in life ever that's just been a perfectly straight line. Like, that is actually the norm. So why just not accept it? Nothing's a straight line. Like, yeah. Nothing goes <laughs> as best. It's just some, one part I've never understood. Well, what's been, I guess, the most challenging... Um, decision in make in and in, in deciding to change the company based off of insight for you up to this point. Uh, I would even say before you've met us. Uh, like, well, I was going to say probably the one with you all because I was pretty set. <laughs> you know, I'm I was pretty set in what I wanted to do. Um, I like you know what we've you know found and learned and you know what regulars uh, you know transformed and morphed into. But you know probably the move from, you know, this purely being a online digital play, if you will, to being a digital play in the real physical world, you know, more of an omni-channel, um, mm-hmm. you know, platform, um, not just purely online. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I don't know, you wrote a blog post a little while ago, um, and you spoke into the sunk cost fallacy. I think we've all got that in us. Um, to invest in something and get excited about something and then find out that it's not going to be that thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, throw it all in the garbage and start start over. Um, Like, hopefully, like, in pivoting, you know, you're not pivoting away from disaster but pivoting towards something more successful or more mm-hmm. viable because you know this kind of stuff comes at such a high cost of time mm-hmm. and energy and money that you know it, it, it you don't want to have to roll the dice more than once um and and that's the thing like with like kind of glorifying failure and all that stuff <clears throat> there's there's a big difference between failure and practicing you know mm-hmm. and and you know, when when you've got money on the line, you don't want to just like 
right. fail, <laughs> you know, like that's a bad way to learn. Um, and so, um, yeah, being, being willing to, I don't know, reset your sights or, or just focus on something that may be more viable, um, doesn't necessarily, necessarily have to be this tragedy, right. you know, um, it can be something that you get excited about because you've learned something, um, or discovered something new in the market that is right. bigger than, um, what you were chasing after in the, in the first place. Yeah. I mean, by nature, that's de-risking things. So, or at least understanding things better. So, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it can be scary, um, but yeah, like the 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 de-risking um, and finding finding something that's going to be valuable and and viable. Um, yeah, it doesn't. It really doesn't have to be this this failure. Well, I say I kind of have a question for you all too, because like I know this is kind of the reason why I initially you know jumped and went with you all is like from your experiences, but. What what is your perspective just on the like first time founder versus second time founder in terms of like how people perceive them and how you know from their learnings and it's like you know it's like this new position or something like a founder is just like something that you like once you do it once you know you're just I guess God mode or something but if it's your first time then you know we can't trust you at all like even if you've been in a you know position of you know high status but it's like founders just uncharted territory. I mean, it's so like first time founders, it's, it's challenging because they've learned a lot. They've read a lot. Um, but like if, if you've ever, I mean, for us who have kids, like you can learn about parenting, mm -hmm. you can have nephews, you can watch other people parent, but until you have a baby of your own, like you really know nothing about parenting. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like that, and not to that degree, but it's very similar. And so, like, the caution that we have to take in working with new founders, first-time founders, um, we, we end up having to reiterate more. We end up having to educate more. There's more patience. There's required. Um, there's... There's definitely uh, more frustration that comes out of, at least me, I mean, <laughs> I get pretty frustrated and I'm like, oh my gosh, they can't believe it. You know, um, but that's, that's kind of normal. And so like when we met you, it was a little different because you've had, you had already done something, you already put in money, you've already put something on the line um, before you came to us. And so it was a little bit more promising in, in my opinion like in working with you because we're like, all right, like, man, wow, he's, he's so like malleable and teachable. Like he actually listens. Oh, wow. Like, not that I expect everybody to listen all the time. I mean, even having kids, like you, but I, I feel like working with people who have done this before they right. understand the weight right. a little bit more. Um, so it's easier to, when you throw up a flag, they're more likely not to dismiss you. Right. Yeah, and I think there there are things that happen, on, or things that you learn only after you have at least started once. Um, you know, like for you, it, it sounded like, you know, having gone through... Um, 
you know, having a company assess what it would take to build and charge you to do that. Um, like that, that is at least a, like that lesson learned that like, this is not all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. Like there, there are like rocks and, and like wolves and sheep clothing everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's just something to be careful of, um, like how that you need to not plow forward blindfolded and just hope that you come out on the other side that um, there are real hazards. Um, and so the other things are just um, like we talk a lot about like the seasonality of, of skill sets. Um, like we, we came from a company where, um, you know, everyone there was absolutely amazing at running and scaling a company, um, but no one had created one. Um, and so I think like you found, like there are so many skills that are required that are hard to put your finger on that only are required when you're creating something right. from nothing. Um, even just things like, um, how do you, how do you run a meeting? How do you have a, a when and how do you check in with teammates? What do you talk about? Um, to how do you document things um, so that new people can come on the team? So there are all those things that I think people, um, they don't think about um, that I think some investors just lump into if you've done it once, you've learned hopefully all of those things, and and when you do it again, you can, uh, you yeah, you can reapply all that stuff. And I, I think that's really valid, um, but I think it's not the only answer. You know, I mean, that's why we started our business was that, um, you know, we we feel strongly that there are lessons learned that don't have to be learned the hard way. Um, they can be passed on and they can be, um, given to people. Um, and so I, I think that's where like all the people who are, who might say, oh, you don't, you don't have an engineer on staff or, um, you, ha you haven't started a company before. Um, but just the, the desire to listen, mm -hmm. um, to people who have done that, not, not necessarily to advisors, um, but actual teammates, people right. who are committed, um, goes a long way. Um, because I think the, th there's probably this underlying assumption and probably for good reason that all founders are like completely, um, hard headed, stubborn and gung ho and set in their ways. And they have to be broken and chipped down to be able to acquire some of these soft skill sets, um, that they can only get through failure. Um, so I think there, um, there is that assumption amongst investors that, um, you, there's only one way to knowing those things and making decisions with that knowledge. Right. Um, so, I mean, hopefully we've, we've, uncovered a few ways to to not have to say okay this is your first startup you have to fail so that um you can do your second one right um, and that's when people will believe in you um like this this is possible the first shot um
and I, I, I think we're, we're showing that, which is great. Yeah. Um, so, um, what, what are some of the things like, especially talking with investors, um, that are sticking out into your mind right now? Um, because I know you're learning a lot about, um, about not only regular, but investors in general. Um, so what are some of those things that are, are popping out in your mind that, um, you know, you didn't expect to <laughs> have to know? <laughs> We're right. drinking Irish whiskey, by the way, on the actual rocks, not ice rocks. So it's a little strong. Solid granite. Um, right. I am part uh, Irish, by the way. This is true. So you should mm-hmm. you should be able to take this. Yeah, you're not you're not showing it. <laughs> no, <with you. laughs> those those jeans have long left. We we put uh, a lot of thought into getting this. Thank you. And um, yeah. give me a beer bong. I'm good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Didn't want to hear. I th- that. Yeah, no, not not good at any of that. Um, I think, and again, like I'm pretty fresh in this as well. I mean, I would actually say that. I'm a little more well-suited to have some of these conversations just because I've always been really interested in finance and I understand like it's not the terminology where I think things have been kind of, you know, just kind of tangled up when I talk to some of these investors and kind of have the early conversations because um, I can relate to them just because I've, you know, been in a fortunate position where I can invest some of my money and I've did it from an early age. I think it's more of just the level of expectations, which is what we were kind of talking about earlier. Um, you know, just the time it takes to apply, say, to a fund mm-hmm. um, or any of these, you know, just early stage, you know, uh, uh, group of investors, you know, we, we'll spend, you know, anywhere from a couple a couple hours, to be honest, you know, to put kind of, uh, you know, answers down and make sure that, you know, they're compelling and actually answering the questions that they're asking, um, you know, getting the deck together, um, you know, really making sure that, you know, everything they're asking for is there. Um, and then when you end up having a conversation with them like you should go in with the expectation that they have not looked at anything you said um that that is like probably just a, a kind of a little hump or something to get over to show that you're willing to put forth the effort or that you have these questions actually answered already maybe um and you know I think it's a totally different perspective when you're talking to individual investors. If you're sending them something in email or it's not going through a form or you know a contact us form that um the likelihood that they may have looked through that a, a, a bit more, um, and you need to be at least kind of be on the off- offensive and being able to kind of poke holes or address the you know what you know your maybe your weaknesses are or what they're going to ask you about, um, and just kind of be ready to kind of address those up front and maybe steer the conversation um, a little more proactively than letting them feel as if they're and you know in charge. It should be more conversational than Q and A. Um, I think with them is what I've learned. Um, yeah, be be ready for that. Where, at the end of the day, where do you hope the conversation goes? Um, Honestly, just excitement. Like I want them to be excited. Like I've, if you're, if we're just purely talking, like I'm not even reaching out to people that I don't feel like. I, again, it's like, kind of what you hear and see everywhere. But it's like if you can't work with them or couldn't see yourself hanging out with them. You know, it's more than the money to me. Um, I want somebody that like has you know strategic partnerships. You know, I'm looking them up and seeing mm-hmm. like you know where have they worked before, like what were they involved in. I mean, I think that just makes sense in general if you're going after you know somebody's uh, money. But like, where did they get it from? Um, again, what are their interests? Uh, as I mentioned earlier, like, can you personally connect with these people? Um, 
but I think it's, again, it kind of comes down to just that ability to get excited about what you're building um, and to be excited enough to like stand behind it, you know, not just your money, but like go out there and tell others, like it shouldn't just be about purely getting a check. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be, I mean, it's such a, a weird, it's like speed dating, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it's at the end, if everything goes well, it's, it's quite a serious commitment at the end of the day. It's like, cause you could just get, a, I mean, there's obviously different forms, but I mean, if you're just wanting the money and you're again, so kind of, you know, sold on your concept and platform, like you can go get a loan, um, sure. to a certain extent and like bypass all the pitches. Like sure. It's a different form of raising the money, but you know, that's why you're going to the investor. It's like, they've had the experience or they have the connection. So I think they really have to believe in the platform and what you're building or product, whatever you're building. When you're talking with an investor, um, and, and things aren't going well, um, <laughs> uh, what, what, what you would you say? <laughs> I know. What would you say is well, one weekend? Okay. Uh, or if you were able to kind of pinpoint uh, a disconnect, what would you say is is one of those one of the reasons why you guys are not seeing eye to eye? Is it in the story that you're you're telling? Is it in <laughs> like the numbers? Like what what do you think? Like in your assessment up to this point? Because I know mm-hmm. you guys are just you're figuring this out. You're learning. You're trying to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, you're going to base your next meeting with an investor based right. off of learning from the previous. Um, yeah. I mean, Joe kind of saw this firsthand with one of the, you know, uh, funds we talked to, but again, I think it just comes back to that level of expectation and kind of be able to be really nimble and act quick. Like mm-hmm. I think the disconnect comes with what you're kind of imagining in your mind, what they're going to approach you with. Like you'll go through this whole application or you'll um, put all this time and effort behind something. um, And the person that, you know, you end up talking to, you know, it might seem as if it's going to be, you know, like a really, you know, deep, interesting, compelling conversation. And it actually turns out to be more of just like a screening call or -hmm. just something where like, again, they haven't taken the time to look into what you sent them. Um, By screening call, are you more so referencing like, okay, they have this check. I got this. Like it's like, they're literally just trying to filter out. It's almost, again, it's like, it's not that they're passionate about what you're building. It's a job for them. Like their job is to literally just, yeah, not a call center job, if you will, but it's just like, yeah, they probably, I imagine they probably have 30 minute, you know, schedule calls every, you know, 30 minutes yeah, all throughout the day to true. talk with people who are willing to take that next step. Um, it's not the, you know, actual core people that, you know, work in the team. It's, and some of them are, you know, yeah. some of them aren't, but I think like, that's what I've seen so far at least. And then I think the other thing as well is, um, just understanding again, really who you're talking to like there's some people that just aren't going to get tech but they're probably you know masters at consumer goods or something or yeah again healthcare. i don't know whatever they've been involved in so you have to really uh kind of curate your pitch or what you're talking to them about because you know with all due respect like they might not know anything about what you're selling you might have you know a leg up on them but they you know are really good at some other area so again you have to make sure it's that 
intelligent match or you're, you're going to be able to relate and they're going to understand what you're pitching. Almost having something else that allows you to be more relatable mm-hmm. so that you can actually talk about the things that are important. Yeah, against that human elements. Like, yeah. who are you as an individual? Like, how does it just, like, something besides just me asking for money and me pitching you my idea? Like, how can we make this conversation more, again, a conversation that's, yeah. that's relatable? Two people talking. Yeah, because <laughs> none of my pitches, like, I've done some, you know, several pitches, and they don't go as I imagined so far. It's not just me going through a slide deck. You know, yeah. my slide deck, it's just, like, they'll interrupt you. Um you won't even go over it. You know, you know, they'll just be like, send it to me. It'll just be a conversation. Um, if it's not going well, if, you know, I've, I've learned just to kind of like, okay, well, if they're obviously not interested right off the bat, you know, what can I get and get from them in terms of, you know, connections? Um, you know, yeah. what, uh, what's something that I would ask, you know, another investor, like some, some concern I have in my mind, um, that, you know, I'm, wanting to address like well let me get their feedback on that um just kind of always like querying like what can i dig dig from you that you do know that i don't right and i mean i know that there there are a lot of and that i mean it's wise to have some kind of standard right and with our conversations with investors um those standards are very necessary to to make sure that they're not going to waste millions and millions of dollars right and so um, I mean, at some point we'll have an investor on this show or investment group <laughs> on the show uh, to speak into this a little bit more. But like, how aware are you as far uh, you know as far as what this assessment or what these standards are for you to be able to speak to that quickly, so that we you guys can actually have that conversation. Honest opinion is I think it's everywhere right now. That's kind yeah, of my biggest. It's kind of all over the place. Yeah. Okay. Uh, kind of gone back and forth on what we should raise and what the structure should look like. Um, You know, I'm sure there's tons of companies that have raised a lot more successfully than less than what we've done, and I'm sure, you know, vice versa. (laughs) Um, I think it depends what, again, what you're, obviously it's the storytelling, you know, what what you're building, but. market you're in, um, what your product and services is in, but I think in terms of like metrics, it's, it's just all over the place right now. You're seeing so much money go into companies early. You know, gosh, you see Uber Eats and oh yeah, Uber Uber Eats and like all these other ones that are uh, you know raising tons of money, but yet they make no money. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, man, how can these these guys must be telling a pretty compelling story if all they're doing is losing money? Yeah, uh, I mean, and I get the angle and strategy, getting, but still, losing. <laughs> yeah. um, and again, like. It just kind of comes with time. I'm, I'm learning as well. What have you seen the major differences or drawbacks? Um, <laughs> it's all about it. um, you know, because you're you're kind of you're 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 on both sides of the line in terms of going after angel investment and then also doing some online stuff. So have you have you seen the the differences, the drawbacks of? of of you know pitching directly mm-hmm. to angels versus going with with either crowd equity funding or right. whatever it is. Um, and Joe, you can speak to this too because you've done a good amount of the applications. Um, I honestly think it's still a bit. Uh, it's it's actually surprising to me that if you ask me, all the platforms out there are actually like not. I mean, the one that we do like is how much was it again? And I forget the name of it. Um, Pitchbook, yeah, like Pitchbook seems like really compelling. Like I was like, that's the solution that would streamline this, 
make everything really easy um, and, you know, give me a good understanding of like how to direct things. But I just don't think there's a standard out there. It's, it's really tough to answer that question because it's just it's kind of the Wild West. And I'm surprised there hasn't been more innovation since these are the two groups that are always meeting. But, I mean, online, again, we could do a... A, uh, you know, an application that takes us days. I mean, we have a couple on a couple platforms that literally took us days because um, you can't just copy and paste answers all the time um, or just do that in general. Um, you know, you kind of reference your, your pitch deck or your executive summary, your business plan. Um, but then there's others where it's just like, yeah, contact us, send us an email and you have to find, you know, like, what's relatable there. Like I saw you invested in this or, um, you know, we're the right stage for you. Um, you know, we check these boxes here, but maybe not there. Um, and as far as like the individual investors go, I, I've gotten a fair read on it, I'll say, but I, I'm, I'm taking the approaches that I want to get the, uh, the funds kind of, you know, get their feedback first, understand like from their perspectives, you know, early screening calls or early talks with them and then be able to, uh, kind of, target, you know, individual investors locally or just, you know, anybody in our network. This is uh, something that, I mean, we have been working on, I guess, post that that five, six week process with you Mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, But we're we're trying to do a better job at um, partnering up with investors and and figuring out a, a way to connect investment money investors to startups, basically being kind of the middleman to help bridge that communication gap. Mm -hmm. Um, Luke, could you kind of actually talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's pretty awesome. And I think it would be extremely helpful for other investors and investment groups to come and kind of consolidate a way for us to be able to speak and connect. Yeah. And and I think, you know, translation is, is a big issue everywhere. Um, you know, in between tech and design or, um, new venture and investment, um, you know, it's just, everybody speaks a different language. Um, so I think at least on the investment side, um, you know, we're, we're working to try to create a common language of traction, validation, um, customer value. Um, and it's, um, like, like for us, we, like as product people, um, we, we tend to err on the side of, uh, being overly critical of data and traction (laughs) and, and see what, what really is working and what's not. Um, and most of, most of it's shades of not working. Um, and so once you get those little glimmers of, okay, this might be something, um, you still stay really critical. Um, Mm -hmm. but at the same time you have to talk about that in a compelling way. Um, that is part selling part, um, part just kind of, pulling back the veil to, to show this is actually something that is working and it could work a lot better, um, given time, money, resources, more, um, effort. Um, so I think, you know, we've, we've run into things like the viral score from village capital. Um, that's been a great like framework of how do we take, um, what we've learned in terms of, um, 
customer problems, market size, um, and then traction in terms of revenue usage, um, and outcomes. Mm -hmm. Um, but also in terms of, you know, what does it look like from a team standpoint, uh, competitive landscape and all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's, there's a lot to do, um, with, with scoring things like that. But, you know, the way that we're approaching things is, is, I don't want to say so new, um, but it's hard to show, um, that there are some things that are just intrinsically de-risked, you know, Mm -hmm. regardless of whether this is your first or your 10th time and whether you have $10 in your park pocket or $10 million. Um, I think there, there is a process, um, that you can go through. And I think it's a process that inherently de-risks and, and helps translate, um, the ideas of risk and opportunity mm-hmm. or risk or, um, the return on investing in, in that risk, um, that I think is really, really exciting in this space. Um, and, and hopefully as, as we kind of put some, uh, money where our mouth is, um, we'll, we'll start to show because, right. you know, that's, the, that's the tough thing where it's like, you know, if it's just you, if it's just us, if it's just anyone, you know, you're only standing on your own reputation. Right. Um, you're only standing on, on, um, on who you are, who you know, and what you've done. Um, and at the end of the day, I, I guess the funny thing with all this is so few people actually do it, mm-hmm. um, you know, can say I've done it. Um, because as soon as they actually do it, they're off into the stratosphere, um, and onto different challenges. Um, and, and so I, I think if we can, if we can start, um, showing some real results that, um, that like I was saying, like we should be more, most critical of our own, yeah. <laughs> our own data. Yeah. Um, but if we can show something valuable and viable. Um, I think that'll be really exciting in terms of translation because, um, you know, you can talk about numbers all day. Um, and, um, but outcomes is what people care about and, and investors care about, can you do this? Um, and being able to say I've done it. Yeah. I was gonna say, do you think there's like a different, like, do you think you need a the next step, like the rational step, I guess, from y'all's perspective and what you're doing and the approach we've taken is to not necessarily like always prove, uh, you know, the metrics for success or like revenue, you know, or if you got X amount of customers or user, ours is more of kind of not as easy as not quantifiable or just like, you know, fits into that typical, you know, set of metrics, but is it kind of like you need to find investors that believe in that methodology or this new approach that would be able to say, okay, like I understand you've de-risked it in terms of like, you know, the behavioral outcomes, like understanding that these are the results. This is the actual product and service that solves for these problems. We've built it, you know, as leanly as possible, um, but we're not going to necessarily, you know, again, kind of cobble on top of it. Like, no, we're going to relaunch per se or build the right thing with our learnings. Like, is it getting those investors to partner with you or is that? Yeah. I mean, it, and I think that's a tough thing between the East Coast and the West Coast. Um, and, you know, East Coast, it's it's really about, 
what's on paper. Um, it's and, not a bad thing, I would yeah, say, too, because it puts you through, all. you know, a much more difficult uh, filter, if you will. Or, yeah. Um, and so um, it it's just one form of, of the, the gauntlet that you run. Um, and so... Um, and, and again, that gets to translation, you know, we we take a bit of a, uh, I'd say a West coast approach of, of really, um, you know, not the shoot the moon type of West coast approach, but like, um, process and flexibility and learning from data, um, and being able to wayfind um, towards, viability and customer value. Um, because that at least means that you're not rolling the dice on one thing. Um, you're, you're starting with one thing and, and, um, modifying it. Um, and that, that's gotta be, uh, of some value to investors and some, some put more value on it, um, than others. So I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, some companies on the West Coast, especially bigger companies um, that are already successful, um, they continue to be successful and grow in their success with process. Um, and I think that has trickled down to the investors um, that have invested in them and then invest in smaller companies. And that's what they look for um, because they really see um this this signal and all the noise and so i'm just not sure if that's that that type of um you know an investor has invested in a giant in a a small company that's become a giant company that then teaches that investor um what um what real viability looks like um and because you know outside of um New York and maybe the research triangle in Atlanta or something like that. Like, um, you know, there, there just hasn't been a lot of success. Um, right. and that's okay. But it's like um, the ones that are successful. Like I can't ever, I got You don't ever read the stories of like, Oh, this company, you know, did the accelerator. Then they went and did, you know, this, they went to this fund, pitched it, got the money, went next fund, got another, like it was never that. It was always something where it was like, Huh? It was just like, how oh, am I talking to it? No, it's no, like, no, you know, it was like my more sound effects. Uh, <laughs> uh, the story that you. That's like you know, it's always like any any book you read on like any you know reasonable startup. Like it was obviously tumultuous mm-hmm. times yeah. and kind of all over the place. But it was never like oh, we just again went through this straight line process that everybody likes to paint and hold up as if like that's how it should go. So it's like, do you kind of is that maybe the radical innovation you're trying to push? It's maybe not just that your product and service, but you're also saying like you know, there needs to be an investment kind of arm to that or just approach to it as well. Yeah. I, I think there's, I don't know. I, I would say that there's just so little of this that works, you know, mm-hmm. um, and getting lucky is not working. Um, right. you know, and, and I think luck is important. Um, and, but that like in that context, there's gotta be a better way. Um, because I mean, the problems that we're all trying to solve for these really soft and complicated people problems, 
Um, you know, it's, it's how do you empathize not only with a single person to make something for them, but empathize with an entire market. Um, and the same thing in terms of how do you take something um, that is in, in a sea of great ideas, um, because everybody's got a great idea. Um, and I'm sure investors hear tons of great ideas all the time, but um, how do you actually cut through that? Um, and so I think there's, there's, there's gotta be, um, some clarity that can come to all of that noise, um, that I think we're, we're just now learning about. Um, but ideally, um, you know, given the right people, the right process and the right problem, um, I don't see why something shouldn't be highly probable to be successful. Um, because, you know, it's, it's not staying married to one thing, um, but it's a process of, of improving, um, improving the people, improving the process, um, and improving on or refining the problem that you're trying to solve. Cause out of that comes, at least some stab at a product, um, and that has to improve better, uh, or a whole lot more. Um, and it, it, it all kind of comes together into something where it like, it should work. Um, and I, it, it's, it's still so frustrating that so often it still doesn't. I, I think, um, you know, to kind of bring it full circle to back uh, to one of your questions about first-time founders versus second-time founders. Um, process is really challenging to stick to if you've never been disciplined to stick to one before. And so that, I mean, going through it and, and, then, and then encouraging a founder and coming alongside a founder and saying, hey, this is a process, this is our process, this is a helpful process and how we refine um, what this market needs, right? How we learn about this market, how we understand the things that um, are, are problematic in their lives and the things that we can actually, the solutions we can start to surface up through this build, measure, learn process early on, mid-stage, and um, more in a more mature stage of a company's life cycle. Like, it, it doesn't really matter, but, like, when working with these younger, um, I would even say more experienced entrepreneurs, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to follow the shiny objects. Technology is super shiny. And the last thing that people want to do, including myself, is to go talk to somebody. <laughs> but that's, that is required uh, to, to really um, start working through the first steps of this this process is is figuring out how to be in front of somebody face to face, and you know larger companies do a good job at this. I would say a select few, um, but like some are are trying to get connected with um, people and users over you know a conversation. Hey, you know let's have a con you use my you use my product. I would love to learn about this product more through your eyes. Still Can I have like 15 minutes? And I'm like, I don't have 15 minutes. 
No, <laughs> you're gonna have to incentivize you can me buy more. Buy breakfast, yeah. gift cards, like, and still um, only have unless you're show. like showing up. Uh, I I don't really have time for it, and and that <laughs> that's that's kind of sad that I I even have a hard time saying yes to somebody who just wants 10, 15 minutes of my time, and I you know. I kind of just tell them, no, I, I don't have time for you. Um, and so it's not an easy answer, but I feel like process is definitely something that is easier said than done. And, and when you say process, what does that mean to you versus what does that mean to this person? Right. Yeah, there's no, there's no necessarily secret process. Right. Um, you can assume they are going to do it the same way you would do it. Right. Um, and just having, um, having some consensus. So let, let's wrap this up. Um, this has been great. Um, onward and upward. Cool. We'll, we'll yeah. have, have outcomes <laughs> and, and uh, not a lot of hot air um, very soon. So it's getting it hot, is hot air. Yeah. So <laughs> did you turn the heat on? So hot. Turn the know. air off. Oh. Um, so adios. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Builder Podcast. If you like what you heard, have someone or something you'd like to hear us talk about, or just want to continue the conversation, leave us a comment on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasting fix. And if you have your own product or startup idea and want to know how Builder can help, please check us out on our site, startwithbldr.com, and drop us a line. Until the next one, keep building.